Hello, and welcome back to the IA Talks AI, the Investment Association's podcast series that explores everything to do with artificial intelligence in the investment management industry. My name is James King, and I'm your host, and I'm delighted to be joined today by my boss, Mr. Chris Cummings, the Chief Executive of the Investment Association. Chris, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. A pleasure, James. Good to be here. Now, Chris, I've been really excited about getting you on this podcast because I think you uh, enjoy a unique and very informed position. You're the Chief Executive of the Investment Association, leading the industry, and you also spend a great deal of time conversing with leaders of the industry, with the chief executives who are running investment management firms. And you spend a lot of time thinking about strategy, about the future. So with that being the case, can I start by trying to get your perspective on the strategic importance of technology and innovation for the industry, and specifically AI and why it's important? Well, James, it's a great question. Our industry is going through a period of transformational change. It's the kind of thing that you see perhaps once in a generation, if you're lucky. Um, I think the arrival of artificial intelligence is creating opportunities throughout the value chain for our industry. Now, I have a vision which I know is shared by the IA board and my colleagues across the organisation and absolutely you as well, James. When we think about what's going to keep the UK as the preeminent global investment management centre, combining domestic dynamism with, um, uh, with an ambition that means that clients around the world will want to have their assets managed in the UK. And I think one of the things, the defining characteristic over the coming years will be a commitment to innovation, which is underpinned by this technological transformation that I was talking about, the pinch point of which will be how quickly and how well we deploy artificial intelligence for the benefit of our clients. Now, it's true that technology always brings change, okay, always brings change, and change by its very nature is disruptive. And so I think we have a job of work to do. It's incumbent upon our industry to be able to explain to asset owners why the technological transformation, why the change that we're seeing now is to their benefit and that it will reduce their costs of investing and should lead to a better outcome. Why it's going to be better for retail savers, investors who will be able to access more in different markets through a different product set where we're taking the best of the product suite that's available today, but injecting new dynamism, fresh thinking. And what that's also going to mean for investee companies and the relationship we'll want to have with them. So there's quite a melting pot of, uh, of change going on at the moment across all different parameters. And I think that's why here in investment management, we are central to the change, but we have a, a, a duty of care to those who trust their money to us to manage, and also to the companies that we invest in, the projects that we invest in, the assets that we manage, to make sure that actually we're giving a simple narrative as to why the change that we're going through makes sense and that why we are the industry that can be trusted to navigate this period of change at a moment in time when you look around the world and you see change at all levels, from geopolitics through to demographics through to climate change, and we're in the centre of that. And we are the ones who can help navigate that course. There was a time, perhaps a few years ago, when the industry might not have been as bold as it could have been when it comes to embracing innovation. 
Uh, now, gladly, that's no longer necessarily the case. The industry has improved its appetite for innovation. How has that been achieved and what more needs to be done? Well, I, re- I recall in my early days in the in the industry and then coming back to the IA, um, the industry, with some honourable exceptions, well, hasn't always been at the vanguard of technological advancement, fair to say. Um, and so one of the defining characteristics that I wanted the IA to to test its mettle and to prove its worth um, when I took over the role as chief executive seven, seven and a half years ago was to help with the transformational change in the industry the fact we needed to modernize our operational platform. And so that has been cut through the IA's work over the last seven, seven and a half years, that commitment to helping member firms modernize their their operational infrastructure so they can take cost out and deliver a better outcome. Now, we've been doing that in our policy work. We've certainly been doing that in terms of the member services we've provided. But I decided, and the IA board supported this initiative, that we should get much closer to the fintech community as well, because there was a little bit of a dialogue of the deaf. The fintech community here in the UK, which is truly a national asset, um, thinking that it had products and services for the investment management industry, but they weren't terribly well configured for us as in investment management, knowing that we needed this technological transformation if we were going to keep pace with many, many other industries. And so um, we launched the IA's fintech proposition called Engine. That has been a, a rip-roaring success. I am delighted to say, I'm delighted to say how, how well that's gone. And it's really been the bridge between the fintech community and, and our own industry. Um, it's grown to such an extent now that we've got 12 international partners because, of course, technology knows no knows no bounds, knows no borders. And so we're able to showcase here at the IA the best fintech thinking from literally around the world, as well as making sure that our members can benefit from that fintech thinking and be able to approve their operations as a result of it. So I think looking across the value chain, whether it's in the investment process, whether it's helping to improve the client experience, helping to improve distribution, or removing risk by really taking a technologically informed look at risk and operations. Those are really important areas for our firm's governance, uh, operations controls, and ability to deliver, where the IA has been able to really help members, but help members by listening to what members need. So it's it's tech to solve a business case, not just tech for the sake of tech. And there was an awful lot of that around with FinTech a few years ago. I think the world has moved on. Um, so... Um, that, that commitment to innovation here at the IA is paramount. And that goes back to what we're trying to do as a market, which is remain globally competitive at a time when other jurisdictions, frankly, have improved the quality of their offer. So, yep, we in the UK, we need to paddle harder to stay competitive. And in terms of your own organisation, what are you trying to do to embrace innovation at the Investment Association? So I think the IA has no right to speak on anything unless we are doing it for ourselves. And and that was one of the reasons why um, I was so keen to launch the engine as our fintech proposition and to work with some of the fintechs who've been through that cohort process. So we do eat a fair amount of our own cooking here at the IA. Um, we not only showcase the best of fintech talent, we actually work with some of those firms who've been through the process. Uh, and I could name them all, but I'm sure I'm bound to have got one of them and then that would offend them. So I won't run through the entire 
my list of people who we've worked here with the IA, but I can honestly say working so closely with fintechs has helped us improve our services to our own members. And that, of course, is of tremendous benefit to, yes, the people working at the IA, but more importantly, to the members that we serve as well. But this is a time of change for the industry where we all need to think about what we do and how we do it, particularly thinking about artificial intelligence. So something that I was very keen to establish was the IA's own sandbox. Now, that's a process where we take a look at the activities that we do here at the IA from research through policy development, consultation responses, all the areas of the IA work to think about how can we do this better, smarter, using modern technology and actually where can we share the burden with artificial intelligence because it can do things much faster than we can in our normal day-to-day work. Of course, we have a strong grip on any AI experiments that we're running. But so far, I've been really impressed, actually, in two areas. The first one is my colleagues' willingness to embrace this new technology. You know, it's, change can be uncomfortable. And so announcing the fact that we we're going to have a sandbox, encouraging people to participate. And I have frankly been blown away with how quickly people have come forward with use cases to um, change the way that we work at the IA. And secondly, it's not just about attitude, it's about outcome and how quickly we've managed to deploy in some of the areas that we work in, some solutions that are better supported by AI. So early days, I'd say we're in the foothills. I think like all organizations, regardless of scale and size and industry, I'd say we're in the foothills of artificial intelligence, but I am ambitious and excited by what I see as opportunities for us to improve the services that we give to members by better using tech. So as you just said, this is a moment of change. So let's take a moment to talk about what this means for individuals working in the industry. How do you see AI reshaping the skill set of people working in this industry? Let's think about both established professionals and the younger people who are taking the first steps on their careers. So we're going through a game-changing moment. I think the arrival of AI is just one of those eras that will have a a before AI and an after AI as people think about their career development, how we run companies, and indeed the industries of today and tomorrow. And that's not just true in the UK. Of course, it's true internationally as well. And this is an area I've been giving a huge amount of thought to. Now, I'm, I'm very lucky because the job I have here at the IA means that I just get to spend a huge amount of time with recognized business leaders, the people who are running firms across the UK. I'm also a director of the European Association, Pharma, and so that means I get a good insight into what's going on in other European countries. Um, but even more recently, I've become president of the Global Association, and that represents the investment management industry in 50 jurisdictions around the world, from the very large to the large through to jurisdictions that are aspiring and growing very quickly. So that gives me an insight into how are other associations coping with the challenges of AI and how are member firms thinking about it as well, but also how are regulators responding to the challenges and opportunities that AI is creating? So I've been looking across these different dimensions to say, what does good look like and what lessons can we learn at the IA to help our people develop their careers? And then what does that mean for how we support our member firms in the EDI activities that we're rolling out, in the training and professional development activities that we have, 
all the way through to how do we attract people into the industry through our Investment 2020 scheme. And a few things have stood out for me. Firstly, in thinking about new arrivals to the industry. We were having a discussion just a little while ago about if you're applying for a job in the industry these days, do you use artificial intelligence as a candidate to help you secure that job? Particularly if there's a, an exam that's been set for you or a written piece or an analysis piece. And if you're going to use AI, does the firm ask that you disclose that or not? Um, and different companies at the moment have got different policies. And I think we at the IA have got a role to play in bringing a bit of insight and standardization to that discussion just to make sure everybody's on the level playing field. But still, as a candidate, somebody wants to get into the industry, understanding the industry fundamentals, that's not changed, but understanding how investment is going to be transformed by the use of AI, because we have much more access into new data sets, new ways of thinking, new strategies, new innovations, those things are going to be even more important. So candidates looking to come in, I think this is going to be a wonderful world of opportunity and change. And industries going through change, try and find candidates from a more diverse workforce than has ever been the case in the past. So I'm excited about that. For those of us who are mid-career, and for those of us who are um, mid-career might be a compliment, I think the opportunity to keep on sharpening the saw, to keep on developing your skill set has never been more important, never been more important. Uh, and certainly the challenge here at the IA that I always pose to my colleagues is that we need to be match fit for what the industry needs us to do tomorrow, not brilliant at what the industry needed us to do five years ago, because the product set has moved on, certainly client needs and demands have moved on. And that policymaking environment is changing at a rate of knots as well. So I think it's even more incumbent that those of us who consider ourselves professionals in this industry continue to invest in ourselves, not just in the technical abilities that we have, but also in the softer skills, in the areas that show growth and development, basically in our coaching capacity, and make sure that we are star spotting those who are coming after us, the ne that next generation, and making sure that we always remain focused on the developing needs of clients. But anybody listening to this podcast who's in business doesn't need me to say that the companies who do best will be those who are the most client-focused. I just think that's going to get even more so in the years ahead as we go through these unparalleled times of change, a time of change that we haven't seen since the Second World War because of those wider geopolitical, economic, and demographic changes. But you know what? It's at times like that that great industries show their strengths and they're the ones that come through. And that's why I think the UK-based investment management industry is going to be around for a long time to come as the preeminent global investment management centre. So naturally, we've been focusing on the investment management industry and the people working in it. But of course, it's much wider than that. Generative AI is poised to be a disruptive force across the whole of the economy and the business landscape. What does this mean for investors? That's a great question, James, because actually at times like this, with a huge amount of change that we see from the geopolitics, the economics, the changing demographics, and the arrival of this hugely disruptive technological new outlook, I think the central message of the investment management industry has always got to be that we can help clients navigate these changing times. But it's really interesting because the conversations I'm having with, with regulators and with politicians 
everybody's going through the same question set. What does the arrival of artificial intelligence mean for good government, for better policy development, for greater regulatory insight, for better supervision? And so across all levels of intergovernmental thinking, of regulatory activity around the world, not just here in the UK, the same questions are being asked about us as investment managers, which is how have we gripped artificial intelligence? Do we understand what's inside the black box to make sure that actually the investment decisions that are being made are at least as good as the ones that would have been made without AI? And then what does that mean for the retail investor or the major asset owner in terms of um, the promise that we make and then the outcome that gets delivered? So Yes, I think these are fascinating times. And the best thing that we can do as an industry is make sure that we continue to invest in the quality of our people and to make sure that the the way that we're using technology is always putting the client at the forefront of our decision making. And that will be the North Star that guides us right. Fantastic. Chris, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, please do come back again. We have more episodes coming along. Um, and we hope you'll join us for them. Thank you. Thank you.